Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a, what is this, Tuesday morning. We are glad to be with you. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get your podcasts. We appreciate you being with us, especially our great servicemen and women who are out there taking care of us. We appreciate our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. It's going to get cold again. Just, just a heads up. It's doing this thing now. Hot on Monday, rainy the rest of the week, cold on Friday. Getting closer to spring break, which probably means a you know three-foot snow is coming. You're not wrong. I, it seems there's, like, an, there's always a cold snap in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I can remember uh, it was one of the years I was in high school, but no snow all year. Mm-hmm. It On our spring break, though, yeah. snow. Yeah. That happened a few years ago here in Starkville, I remember, because uh, – State played Kentucky in basketball, and it snowed all day the day of the game. And I remember going to the game to cover it, and there was a guy from the L.A. Times there who was there. To, he was this is when they had Carl Anthony Towns and, and Willie. Call, so he was, you know, the Lakers were terrible. So he was looking at these guys. Who could they pick? And uh, he he just said he's like, I didn't bring a jacket. I, I, Mississippi in the middle of you know early March. I thought it was you know going to be fine. And I remember the next day after that game, I left for vacation to go to Disney. So driving down, you know, we leave snowy Starkville, and the snow just you know, is melting all the way down to basically till you got to Alabama. Yeah, and it's like, but it's the middle of March. Yeah, so yeah, you, you about got to get past tax day in Mississippi to feel good. To feel good about you can probably go somewhere without a coat. Yeah, that's 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 very fair. Well, wherever you go, wherever you travel, travel with Strange Root Coffee House in your car. Because that way, if it's if it's hot, if it's cold, no matter what, they got you taken care of there at Strange Brew. Of course, I wanted to thank our sponsors at College Corner. You can check out either one of their two locations, collegecornerstore.com online or in Ridgeland. They are by Fleet Feet in Flowood. They are by the Half Shell. Cold, hot, T-shirts, hoodies, whatever you're looking for for MSU merchandise, they've got you taken care of at College Corner. Give them a look. Check out their great selection. And keep yourself decked out in maroon and white for with our good friends there at College Corner. All right, it's Tuesday. That's not normally a Rumblings Day, but it is today. I don't think we've had an actual Rumblings on the Rumblings Day in like a month. It's been a, it's been a while. This is the way it's going to have to be for a little while. You know, there's there's stuff going on. But kudos to you guys for actually listening and paying attention because I feel like we haven't really missed anybody. Like everybody's yeah. everybody's chiming in here. Yeah. So no, I feel like we feel like we're doing well. So as always, these are your questions and. Uh, I get to pick the ones we're going to answer. So if your question didn't make it, it's because it was a terrible question. And you got no one to blame but yourself. You should feel bad if your question was not asked. We start with our first guy, Peyton Neely. What was the most impressive to you this weekend? Hitting, pitching. What's your take on the ceiling and floor for this team after just three games? We sort of talked about this in detail on yesterday's pod. Yeah, and and I said Cameron James was the most impressive to me just because I didn't I didn't foresee his bat being what it was over the weekend. And I don't know if it'll be that over the long haul, but if it is, man, he's he's something else. If, that, if that's who he is all the time. Because um, his defense is elite, it seems, and his bat over the weekend was right there amongst the best on the team. I, you know, I, I don't think at the end of the year that he's going to be on a Justin Foscue, uh, Jordan Westberg level. I, I don't imagine. I could be wrong. If he is, then holy cow, State's fixing one of Natty. Uh, but but uh, he was really good and really impressed me. And I, I think I went with 
I lean towards position players and things because, like, with a pitcher, as great as McLeod was, SEC Pitcher of the Week, or excuse me, SEC Co-Freshman of the Week, as we learned on Monday, Mm -hmm. as great as he was, and he was dominant, it was one start for five innings. So I'm just reluctant to say he was the most impressive over the weekend, whereas Kim James had a great three games. You know, so that's why I went that way. Um, Ceiling for this team, I said yesterday, I think if everybody performs at their peak, I mean, it's a natty, it's a, it is a national championship caliber team. Mm -hmm. Now, you never know in baseball, you get hot at the end, that's the team that ends up winning the thing. But there is all the talent and all the potential there to win a national championship. Yeah, I'm in agreement with a lot. What's the floor? I mean, the floor seems to be a non-national seed host. Well, the yeah, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen seeds, something like that. I mean, you could draw up a scenario where Sarantola just never figures out his command, and every Sunday is an adventure, and you lose a lot of Sundays. I mean, you could draw up scenarios to where maybe even that this team is a two seed and somebody else is regional. To me, though, that's the absolute floor. Like I cannot. There's. I say this, and they're gonna—they'll miss the tournament or something. Everybody will bash me, but like I see no path for this team outside of just utter disaster, um, in an injury perspective or whatever. Like, there's no way this team's like missing the tourney or something like that. No way. Right? No, there's nothing like that. It would have to be an inordinate amount of injuries. Yeah. Like somehow Foscu, Westberg, Jordan, Allen, Ginn, Sarantola, and McLeod all got hurt. Yeah. Something that. Nobody could possibly project, and nobody would possibly hold against Chris Lomonas if it happened. So, uh, Trey Taylor, what are the best and worst college baseball uniforms in your opinion? Uh, college baseball? Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, I'm trying to think. Does anything stand out? You know, I, this sounds so homerish. I really do like Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Like, it's up there. That, that yeah. M over S is just – and I know it's because I grew up with it, and, like, there's a, a soft spot in my heart because growing up as a kid, I mean, that that's – Mississippi State baseball was like going to a big league game for me. Um, now for kids, it probably is like going to a big league game in that stadium. Goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. Um, But I, I'm partial to, to a lot of states because, I, I guess, you know, growing up with it. Um, Is there another – Outside of states, the, the, my, my favorite is LSU's the gold jersey that just says Tigers across the front. I love that. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, this won't be popular. Mm-hmm. You like the old Miss? I like Powder the old Blues. Miss Powder Blues. They look like the '82 Cardinals out there. Just it's the first thing I think of. They're not bad though. Um, I don't, for me personally, like states' black uniforms, but I get why they wear them. I like the black uni. I don't like the black pants. The all the way down pants. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. But now at this juncture, I'd stick with. Well, it. Well, you can't. You can't change. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, that, that's Sun. That's going to be Sundays going forward. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I'm trying to think around the country. Like, does anybody have a uniform that really stands out? There's, like there's what? A, what I think would look good with states' black uni on Sunday mm-hmm. is white pants with like. Like the Braves have like a, a red and blue stripe down the side of the mm-hmm. pant. Like if you had like a, a black stripe with an outline with a maroon like down down the side of the pant. White socks with black stirrups or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, I anyway, have that. but yeah, I'm just I'm just an old man, so don't don't listen to me. Uh, Kevin Ernest wants to know. <clears throat> excuse me. Howland has a rep as a recruiter. Our biggest contributors seem to be legacy kids. What says he can recruit the state? Now that's a good point. You know, you look at state starting lineup. Four of the five starters are legacies. Um, but that said, that 16 class, or his second class, I don't know if it was 16 or 15, but 
it only had it didn't have any legacies in it, right? Other than Tyson, you know, Lamar Peters was not a legacy. And say what you want about how they they panned out. Well, Stewart's not a. Okay, Stewart is starting now. I was thinking of Tyson Carter yeah. being a starter. You're right. Stewart's not a legacy. He was a four star kid. Uh, Tyson Carter. I mean, I'm sorry, Lamar Peters. Again, their their recruiting ranking at the time was great. Eli Wright, uh, Schneider, Harrard, Mario Kegler. Those are all four four star kids. He's got a four star kid committed for next year in uh, Devion Smith. So I mean, he's a he's a great recruiter. Yeah. I mean, his his track record of putting guys in the NBA is is good, and he's put he's put out t- talent is not state's issue whatsoever. So I, I wouldn't be uh, overly concerned. That, that that's not what the issue is with Ben Hallen to me. Dalton Lee, did you think Aaron Gordon was robbed in the dunk contest? Give us your in depth thoughts here, Joel. <laughs> this is all you didn't see it. So yeah, I thought. I felt like the, the the judges sort of set themselves up to fail because they gave out so many 50s early. Now, 50 is a 50. It is an elite dunk. I don't know that I've ever seen that before kind of thing. And I just felt like they they, they sort of screwed themselves in that. And then, yeah, they should have just had co-champions at the end of the day. You know, And I'm not a huge fan of co-champions. I would have liked to let them keep going until they – but the way, the way they scored it was not right. It's so. a dunk contest. Who cares if there's co-champs? Exactly. Exactly. So – Will Burford wants to know what is more annoying, Egg Bowl Twitter or Arkansas baseball Twitter? Uh, I would say the correct I, answer is neither. South Carolina women's basketball Twitter is the, <laughs> is the champion here, but of those two, I don't have a lot of Arkansas baseball Twitter happening with me. No, I, I think it's I go Ole Miss just because I still to this day, despite the fact that I'm, you know, back in my fan days, I, I would needle a little bit just to have fun. Um, even though I no longer do that. I still end up with tons of Ole Miss stuff in my timeline, yeah. people mentioning me and stuff and things. So I would go Ole Miss just because it's still – I just don't have the Arkansas presence that some people evidently have. Mainly it's because I don't talk about how they have the second-best baseball stadium in the conference. I don't know. I don't do that on Twitter. Scott Dunaway wants to know, how many times this season will announcers call Logan Tanner Tanner Logan? There are so many Tanners and Logans and Jordans and – what else we got? I mean, there, there's like three or four you've names. Got Tanner Allen and Logan Tanner. Tanner you've got Leggett. Tanner Leggett. You've got Jordan Westberg, Landon Jordan, and Rowdy Jordan. <laughs> I mean, and then I mean, you got Landon Sims, who's close enough for some of these. I mean, yeah, you got a lot of Ole Miss names, is what's happening here. What I always say about Ole Miss names is if you have two last names, as one of them is your first name, that's an Ole Miss. Logan Tanner is a good Ole Miss name. If Thankfully, he's a Mississippi State Bulldog. If you're a 15-, 16-, 17-year-old kid right now and your first or last name is Logan Tanner Jordan. Don't or, commit or to Mississippi State. Uh, well, I, I was going to say you might want to come to a state baseball camp and you might very well be a, the next scholarship offer. Yeah. I mean, apparently that, that's that's the route we're going here. But they're all good, so there's that too. But I'm trying to think, what, what's a lineup that we could put the I most like Jordans and Tanners? and I mean, you got to have Landon Sims on the mound. Yeah. Uh, Logan, Logan Tanner, Tanner behind, behind the, the plate. plate. Jordan Westberg, Rowdy Jordan is in center. You could put Landon, Landon Jordan, Jordan is at third. third. Um, <laughs> what, what is t- Tanner Leggett's a pitcher, right? Uh, no, he pinch no, hit. He, he pinch hit. So uh, what does he play? He's I think in, he plays third some too. Well then, could you like just throw him at first or something, or put, put him in the outfield? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you got a lot of options here. If your name right now is Logan Tanner Jordan or any combination of, you probably can get a scholarship offer from Mississippi State. <laughs> Uh, Chris Dan Griffin wants to, our thoughts on the softball team. They're playing well. Playing well. Thunder and Lightning are doing Thunder and Lightning things over there. 
Um, I mean, if you if if your name's Thunder and Lightning, you, you can't help you can't help but to succeed in whatever you do. So, did you see that Palmero called them Thunder and Lightning 2.0 again the other day? Yeah. Well, who who had Thunder and Lightning first? You and I or Mia and I mean, I, I, if if one of the original members of Thunder and Lightning dubs somebody, like okay, I we, can't. We, have we to can't go complain. With that. We have to go with it. We are 3.0. We are. I think we should have Will and Raffy on the show and just confront them about it. See, I think we should go a step further. We got to get them in the same place, and let's just attack them. <laughs> now, who's thunder and lightning? Still, huh? still cheers from behind. Exactly. It's, we call this a run-in in the business. You know, I said here, here we are giving wrestling references again. One of our many five-star reviews, by the way, folks, drop us a five-star five star. review if you hadn't done so already, and then rip us in the comments if you don't like us. One of them said that we talk way too much pro wrestling on this show. I don't think we ever talk much wrestling on the show. We just drop random references that some exactly. people that some people. And get if somebody and some asks don't. us a question about wrestling, well, then what do you want from us? Yeah, this is an ask me anything show when we do the rumbling. So in that juncture, then yes, if we get asked a wrestling question, yeah. But I don't know that we ever just bust right. out on a things that are true Monday with talking about you know what's yeah. happening on Raw that night. Exactly. So I mean, you guys act like we're just talking about wrestling all the time. It's just ridiculous. Our next question is from Caleb Smith. If you could build a new wrestling faction in <laughs> WWE right now, who would be in it? What would it be called? And how would you book them? Uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but I had this thought. Okay. I saw this question when it came through. Um, have like a faction of. The WWE guys, and by that I mean like Triple H, John Cena, mm-hmm. Roman Reigns, Randy Orton. There's four right there. Okay. With Triple H leading the charge. Oh, this is this is good because okay. I this is just coming to me as I say this. All right. We're that, that's like the WWE guys. This would be like a Survivor Series something maybe. Mm-hmm. Those four. Mm-hmm. So you got Triple H leading the pack with Cena, Orton, and Roman Reigns. Wow. Okay. And then on the other side, have like power. have like the the indie guys led by CM Punk, mm-hmm. CM Punk, Triple H, AJ Styles. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. I don't know, Seth Rollins, maybe, maybe, or Finn Balor. Or, it feels or almost like a, something like feels almost like the New Blood versus the Millionaires Club. A little bit, but in this case, everybody I just named is a former world champion. Okay, in the WWE, Fine. so you could have like this feud of, no, this is how we do it, kind of deal, old school right. WWE Vince's boys kind of way. They sort of went that way them. last year with AJ and Orton at WrestleMania, where he talking about the indie. Yeah, guys. a little bit. And so you build off of that. That's not. That's not. That's not a bad concept. It yeah. could. It could work. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Gil Mainclang found out last week. I'm having a baby girl due in August. Do you have any tips for raising a daughter? How can I keep her away from the Ole Miss boys? Well, you keep them away from the Ole Miss boys. It's real simple. When they are old enough to you know understand what you're saying, you just say, "Look, you can't marry an Ole Miss boy." Like I've told my kids many times, you can go to any school you want in the country, any school that'll have you, except one. There's one you can't go to. And you can't. I guess you can technically go to it, but I'm not going up there. I'm not going to help you move in. I'm not going to come see you on the weekends. You're not paying the tuition. I'm not paying the tuition. You better be really good grades, because that's not, it's not happening for me. Re- so, really, let's talk real a minute. Yeah. No. If your daughter came to you mm-hmm. and said, "Daddy, no, I really like, oh, I really like Oxford. I really like this major that they have. You mm-hmm. know, I want to have go, majors. I want to go into far, pharmacy, yeah, something like there's that. Other pharmacy schools in the world. You, you really no, really, absolutely not. <laughs> Why would I do such a thing to myself? Because then she's going to bring home an Ole Miss boy, and then I'm going to have Ole Miss grandchildren. And no, abs- Why would I do that? And then you're talking about. In like twenty years, the hate ads in this state are all Ole Miss fans. Well, there aren't there some anyway. 
No. And there, and there, don't you, didn't you tell me you have some Ole Miss in your family? A no. Bit? Uh, that's on my mom's side. Okay. So we don't claim them. I'm just. I'm not. No. I'm talking about my entire lineage wiped out. No, absolutely not. No. Uh, anyway, some tips. Just you're, you're going to do whatever she says, so you just might as well brace yourself for that. You have to. You have to find. You have to really. The term "pick your battles," especially as they grow up, becomes very, very much a thing. Let's go backwards with this, because like yeah. if Cal T or Cade bring home an Ole Miss girl, mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to that. Because it's. For whatever reason, I have found through the years, it's always the, the the woman who converts. Nine times out of ten. Now you have some that say stay separate. Like I have a, I, you know, my cousin Stephen married an Ole Miss girl. She's still an Ole Miss fan. Well, I, I got a Matt Wyatt. Matt Wyatt, yeah. There, there's some, <laughs> but not, when the conversion happens, it is almost always the woman who changes for the for the guy. So with Cal T bringing, you could easily convert her into a Mississippi State fan. I cannot have the idea. I can't have the idea of going to the Egg Bowl with my family at age sixty-five, and like I'm the one maroon shirt in there with a bunch of red and blue, and I got to smile like I love these people. All right, because I won't. Like I hate every last one. Of you. Come on, Brian. None of you. It's I'm not, just colors. I'm not leaving y'all anything in the will. I probably, I'm going to donate everything to a charity. So. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is just your your hatred. Is just ingrained in you. I'm, 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 I was I was born this way. Uh, <laughs> don't tell my coworkers. Uh, Arthur Shelby, most overrated tradition: calling the hogs or beer showers. There's nothing worse than these beer showers. Drink your beer like a man. Well, I was gonna say I don't. You know I don't drink beer, but if I did and I paid the money for, a, well, I guess you you would have probably brought it in yourself. You paid for it at some point. point. Yeah, I, I think I would drink it as opposed to drink throw it. it. What's cool about being covered in beer? I mean, if I just came up, if, if we just came to somebody's house and just started spraying beer on you, and oh, that's fun. No. Outside of the fact that, like Friday, mm-hmm. it was freezing cold. Yeah, in the who state wants of to deal with that? If somebody threw a beer on me, drink your beer like a man. Talk about WWE. We, we'd go, you know, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair style out there in the outfield, if you will. You know, Pain Sleeper has a good question. Are you two still on board with "Don't Stop Believing" after the third quarter? What song should it be changed to? If not, no. we can't. We came up with the solution. Yeah, we, we. I think it was off the air, didn't we? Yeah, so yeah. we're going to give this solution out now. If you're listening to MSU Marketing, you can have this one. It's yours. You play the song if State is leading or trailing by less than two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter. So if it's, you know, you're down 21, no. But if a miraculous comeback occurs, once the game is in hand, you play the song. So State's down 20 going into the fourth quarter. They pull off a miraculous comeback, and with five, 10 seconds left, they're up four points. and they, With the ball. With the ball or whatever. Play it then. That's when you play the song. So It's a celebratory it's thing. It's celebratory. Yeah, but playing it when State's down, like they were at the Alabama game, you know, it's 38-7 to seven or whatever, it's foolishness. It, it makes people mad. you gotta, you got to be smarter about it. So, yeah, we stopped playing it. In all instances, we play it when it's appropriate. That's yeah. how I would work that out. Yeah. Yeah, you don't play it just because, well, it's the end of the third quarter. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. Because it is pretty stupid to play it when you're down getting killed or whatever. It's just I mean, dumb. It, it's kind of like when uh, when the Braves go into the bottom of a ninth inning at, at SunTrust Park, I guess Truist Park now. I don't know that it's always the same video, but it's they always play like a video of some of their previous 
come back or walk off wins or whatever and it's like we've done it before we can do it again kind of thing right but they don't play that you know going into the ninth thing if they're up seven you know <laughs> it's it's always situational and i think state could do the same with don't stop believing like you said it's it's ridiculous to play don't stop believing and try and get everybody into that when you're down 38 yeah yeah or you know I don't know. It just it, there just needs to be some self awareness to it. That's how I would look at it. All right, uh, Troy Vickers. When is the SEC going to do something about the bad officiating in all sports? When is our president and AD going to say enough is enough? I'll answer the second question first. Never. What are you going to do? You're going to you're going to come out and get yourself fined. You're going to you're going to risk a sixty million dollar a year check. Oh, you don't like what we're doing in the SEC? Well, maybe we should just give you the boot. And don't think it couldn't happen because Mississippi State's not Alabama. It would take some. Pro- it would be a process, and it's unlikely, but it could happen. They're never going to do anything about it, and that's sort of the same answer to the first question too. Why would they change anything? They're still making millions. Well, there's another part of this too. I mean, they're just not gonna. Most of these kind of conversations, if Cohen or somebody gets ticked off, they're gonna happen in private. You're just never gonna know about it. You know, it's not like they're gonna come out and release a statement and John Cohen's going to say, I drove over to Birmingham and laid mm-hmm. into him. To, right. They're just going to, most of this stuff is going to be be done where you never see it. The officiating has been bad forever. It's just going to be bad. And, and if you want to see John Cohen get onto official, just go to a basketball game. Because mm-hmm. he is in their ear. He is. I mean, he is. I need to do a better job at Cohen camps. I think I've only done one this year. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Here's a question for you. More, it's more for you than me because you're the baseball guy. Was watching the this is from uh, A Swenson. Was watching the Sun Sunday game on my phone, and my oldest son asked me the difference between working out of the stretch versus in the windup. Help a dad out with the response. What's what's going on differently mechanically when you're in the stretch versus the windup? Well, I assume that you were probably able to explain that most times when a pitcher is working from the stretch, it is to control the base runners. Most, I mean, there are some pitchers that are just more comfortable mechanically just staying in the stretch. That way they don't have to flip back and forth between wind-up, stretch, wind-up, stretch. I mean, it's just one thing. Some pitchers, pitchers prefer to just stay in the stretch. But I, I assume that you were probably able to explain that, you know, most guys go out of the stretch. It is a quicker version of getting the ball to the plate so you control the, the base runners better when, when a base runner. You, typically the wind-up is only used when the, the bases are empty. Some guys will do it when the you know runner on third or base is loaded because probably not stealing home, right? Um, but that that's the the basis of it is controlling the base runners. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, me- mechanically it's just a you know it's a shorter way to get the ball to the plate. And for some pitchers, like I said, I mean they're just more comfortable out of the stretch or whatever reason. It's a feel thing for, for some guys. Some guys just prefer not to go through the entire windup or whatever. They can just perfect one thing, find that release point, and that way too. But, but yeah, if, if any further questions, feel free to tweet them at us. But, you know, basically it is a control the base runners thing. Yeah. Will Eubank wants to know, what will become Sarantola's nickname? He needs a nickname. Huh. Like, like Big Red is Maple obviously- Leaf Heat. Okay, well, that's, I feel like a three-word nickname is difficult sometimes. You need something short and sweet. Well, but I don't know. Randy what, Johnson was the big unit. Yeah, but I'm just saying, Maple Leaf Heat is a bit much. I kind of like Maple Leaf Heat. I'm trying to think, like 
Robbie Falk and I were talking about this, believe it or not, on Sunday, and we were, we were saying, you know, something like "Big Red from the Great White North." But well, that's, that's like eight. That's words. too many words. Is what I said. It's it's not. It's got to be more subtle. So I don't know. You know, Big Red is like the first thing that comes into my mind because he's, he's a redhead. Um, but I want to work some Canada references in there as well. So I'm not really sure where to go with that. Canadian we, carrot top. No. So <laughs> we name him after Canada's greatest hero, and he could be the new excellence of execution. Yeah, the hitman. The hit, you got some. The hitman has got something there. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I've, I've never asked Eric if he likes wrestling. Well, he's from Canada. He's obviously a huge if he Bret does, and he's a huge if he's a huge Bret Hart fan or Jericho, one of the two. Yeah, as you know, he is from Oakville, Ontario, Ontario Canada. Yeah, so. All right. Uh, hey, another question about everybody's favorite. Rank these from Steven. Rank these four wrestling factions: the Four Horsemen, the Shield, <laughs> NWO, and the Nation of Domination. Nation of Domination is, is last. last. The Shield is third. They're behind DX and uh, the Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen is the number one. Is that right? You know, here's a hot take for you. Oh, I, oh. The greatest of all time, just on based upon impact, mm-hmm. might not even be on that list. Well, the NWO is on the list. Oh, oh NWO is on there? Okay, never mind. I've, I got it wrong here. Because I saw the four, and I, I put like four factions. There's five. Four Horsemen, The Shield, NWO, DX. Okay. I might put NWO ahead of Horsemen because of yes. just the impact it had. The NWO is ahead of the Four Horsemen. Yeah, so NWO, Horsemen, DX, Shield, Nation of Dome. Without NWO, there's no DX. Right. Right. Um, And, and I mean, NWO turned the wrestling world on its I mean, that yeah. was the the, yeah. the boom of the Monday Night War was, yeah. was the NWO. And there's other there's people out there right now like pulling their hair out that we've had like three wrestling questions. Well, they, they ask the questions. If you want other topics, to, ask us a question. Like this one from Clifton Taylor, who wants to know: With Oregon State coming to town for baseball and the girls' basketball playing home and homes with Texas and Oregon in recent years, which high-profile opponents, non-conference opponents, would you like to see state schedule outside of neutral site tournaments? If you could pick for each sport, so we've got baseball and we've got uh, bas- women's basketball sort of handled there. So let's 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 do men's basketball, and <clears throat> excuse me, uh, football. Let's start with with uh, with men's basketball. I like to see them play a mid tier ACC team home and home. I don't want to play Duke, but if they could play North Carolina State, I think. I mean, or if Duke came to Starkville, that place would be packed. It would be packed. But I'm saying I'm trying to be realistic. Okay, Duke would never come to Starkville. Well, didn't he say a dream here? Uh, like a dream. No, opponent? it just says, "Who would you like to see?" Okay. Well, I'd like to see Duke. Well, that's fine. You dream big. Keep your head in the clouds there. <laughs> I would like to see like North. They're going to North Carolina State for football, but go for basketball. Maybe somebody like um, Boston College or something like that. that. That would be fun and winnable games. In football, you know they're doing a pretty good job of sort of getting. I mean, they're playing Big Ten teams, Big Twelve teams, Pac Twelve teams in the next few years. Again, I wouldn't mind. It is sort of. I, I want to go. I guess if I'm doing that, I want to go to like a. I may have to go head in the clouds here because I'd like to go to a cool state like Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, but I, I know that Notre Dame would never come to Mississippi State under any circumstances. Um, I wouldn't mind a series with Michigan State, an MSU MSU series. I think that'd just be fun. Um, I wouldn't mind. I want Mississippi State football to play Texas just so I can be in the press box with Horka. Yeah. And see how that goes. <laughs> It would be fun, <laughs> and they've played them before. So I mean, back in the long, long time ago, back you know the first couple of years of Jackie. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, well, and of course they played them in the Cotton Bowl too, and Ricky Williams. Yeah, that's just... true. Yeah, yes, I'm still that's that still hurts. <laughs> 
I wouldn't mind seeing them play Virginia Tech, too. I think that that would be a good matchup. All right, uh, let's see here. Daniel Faulkner, which food truck did we eat at this weekend? Which was our favorite? This is all you. I didn't eat at one. That's right, you didn't. I ate at two of them. Uh, I ate. I got some uh, chicken gizzards from the chuck wagon, and the chicken gizzard, so underrated. Delicious. Very, very good. I got the kicking chicken gizzards, too. They're spicy. And then I hit WTF's truck, but I eat at that restaurant pretty frequently now. And they're good. Um, they were both very, very good. Uh, the other guys, I know that Horka and Portnoy went to Schmitz and Jiggles, which I am convinced that uh, John Holmes is going to screw that up at least once this baseball season. And we're going to get – try one of the food trucks. <laughs> uh, oh, we'll see man. how that goes. Uh, but they said that they were very good. They had tacos over there. They were very, very good. I also got a, a caramel corn from the Poporium. Uh, it's not a food truck, but they have a tent out there. That's the best caramel corn I've ever had. It's really, really good. If you got kids, that's that's five dollars well spent. Uh, let's see here. Or a wife. Yeah, that's true too. Because my wife loves the Poporium. Does she? She does. Does she go? Does she go there to the actual store? Uh, we ha- they've been at like the Starful Community Market and stuff. Mm. They have set oh, up yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So uh, any time that we've been out, they got there, like a hundred flavors at that stop- store. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like it's crazy. I bet you make just a ton of money when you sell a thing of popcorn for five bucks because I yeah, can't the, imagine that the overhead the overhead all is, that much. The food cost that's got to be really really. Low. The other side of that though is the, how many how many pounds of popcorn do they throw away a lot because they they have. I was talking about this yesterday. We, we were discussing the popcorn and we were like, doesn't it make more sense just to pop the popcorn when somebody orders and then season it right there as opposed to we've got it pre made because how many are you throwing away because you didn't sell enough bacon cheddar ranch today or whatever and you got to throw that out as opposed yeah. to if you just pop the pop i mean it doesn't take long to pop popcorn and I, I would think that would make more sense but you know i don't own the business we're not in the popcorn business so. i am not in the popcorn business i'm in i'm in the popcorn eating business and that <laughs> business is a booming but beyond that uh let's see here tj hand wants to know a while back you put together your all decade teams for each sport my question is could any of those teams win a national title of their respective sports yes yeah, a bunch of them could. Uh, I would definitely think the well, the women's team played for one. And, well, and the football team was number one in the country when they just had a regular team. I'm gonna get back to that. Okay. The baseball team definitely could. Yes. That no question about it. They would. They would. If you allow me to put the whole roster together, that's a national championship team. No question. Football. I don't know. I don't know because I mean, how many? You know, I mean, defensively they'd be really, really good, but you know. You don't have an NFL running back or an NFL receiver on that team. You don't have a, a – I mean, your offensive line has got some NFL guys. Well, it would go back to it's not so much about just your team. It would be what everybody else that year right. had done. Because in Dak's year, 2014, I mean, if State wins that Alabama game, they are in the playoff. Yeah. And if you're in the playoff, anything could happen. So, I mean, if, if for instance, in 2014, if State had had this all-decade football team that we put together – I mean, you could see a scenario there where that team beats Alabama. I mean, the 14 team by itself almost beat Alabama. Yeah. So, I mean, am I saying that the all-decade team would win a national title? No. But I'm just saying they, the they are capable of As doing opposed so. to, But I would say the women and the baseball team could for sure win the national title. I'm not, not in the conversation. You, they, they could win it. The men's basketball team would not be great. It would be good. They'd, win the, they'd be in the tournament. They would not be a national championship team. No question. 
Rob Hadaway, why is officiating considered such a sacred cow across the board in sports? Why are sports leagues so averse to being open to admitting bad calls and poor officiating and being public with accountability? This is a question that I just do not have an answer for. I mean, at the end of the day, they don't have to be. Because people continue to go to the games and watch them on television. I almost feel like that... Every set of officials should have one official that is the the spokesman of mm-hmm. the, the officiating crew. Mm-hmm. And after every game, if they are requested, and, and quite frankly, there are some games where nobody gives a crap. Yeah. If somebody wins by 20, who who wants to talk to the right. officials? But if there is well, a... Well, I mean, not a, even them. Think about it, State Alabama 2018. I would have loved to have talked to them. Even if they lost by 24, I want to find out what happened on that. Well, yeah, because if State scores there, I mean, maybe you end up with a different kind of game. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know. But Or the fumble on the first play of the game. Yeah. You know, totally different game. So I don't know why there's this reluctance to, to have grown men be accountable for the calls right. they make whenever after the game yeah. you're going to have the 18, 19-year-old out if, there answering J- for his mistakes. If JT again gives up a game-winning home run, I'm going to talk to him about it. But if the the umpire blows a call that leads to the winning run, I don't ever get to talk to that guy. Yep, can't. And that guy gets paid him. to be there. Got to you know, protect him. And I, I mean, the same with the coach. Coach makes a decision that screws up. He's getting paid, but I got I get to talk to him. But I don't. I don't get to talk to the umpire. I don't get to talk to the referee. Makes zero sense. It never will to me. I mean, it almost is gonna have to be a. Uh like an NCAA mandate, though, because I don't think you right. can have like the SEC officials talk, but the Big 12 does. Right. Especially because then the officials might be like, well, I'm not going to work for the SEC. Yeah. So. Exactly. So, but like in pro sports, I mean, every now and then you see a an ump or something, like there's a pool reporter that'll get But even on top of that, you think about like the, this year with the NFL and the, the new pass interference rule, consistently mi- missed and screwed up. But then Al Riveron, or however you pronounce his name, uh, which is going to be, oh, yeah, they completely got it right, and it's obvious they did not. Did the guy that made the brutal Saints pass interference deal a couple years ago, did, did he ever speak? Like, did that referee? Was I not supposed to bring that up? My bad. I'm sorry. I just zoned out for a second there. <laughs> Brian's, Brian's face just red as I asked the question. All around me are familiar faces. Uh, no. He never spoke. No, he, just, he just officiated the Super Bowl. That was two years ago. He blows the biggest call in the game. His reward was this year he got the Super Bowl. But no one ever had the opportunity to ask him about that call or anything. I don't. I don't believe. I'd have to go back and look. But I, I, don't, I believe the league spoke, but not that actual official. Yeah. So. Because I think of like the Braves infield fly thing in the wild card game back in. I think that like Sam Holbrook and like maybe even the director of umpire or whatever. I think that somebody spoke on that whenever that happened. So. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's see here. Where are we? But college um, sports, no, got to protect them. Yeah, Daniel Montgomery is baseball the only setting where you can talk about someone's stuff and sound professional. Uh, well, I mean, sports is just littered with things that in any other setting wouldn't be okay. Like, you know, at Davis Wade, you and I can sit there and point and talk about people's tight ends <laughs> and stuff. And, and, that's and, true. You know, if we, if you're in the moving business, you can talk about stuff. We got to move their stuff. They got a lot of stuff. That's about it. All right. Yeah. So. But yeah, you're right. There's, you know, there's all tight kinds ends, of... things of that nature. Uh, you know, getting penetration. Can you can talk about that in football? Yeah. You know, not so. Or in basketball too. Penetrated into the lane. Yeah. All right. Uh, Frank Dukes, World Kumite champion. Uh, do you listen to Jim Cornette's podcast? That's the first. I, I've I've heard some of it before, right, so but but, we but you, can, you can I, ask, I don't listen. To you it. can ask the question though. I saw the well, question. He, why does he always? What do you think of his constant bashing of AEW? Well, f- 
first off, Cornette's brand now is to be an old cantankerous man yeah. and make people listen by bashing what everybody else is kind of liking. So, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of his shtick now. Did you see Val Venus's comments this weekend? No. Hello, ladies. Was that it? Well, it's something like that. It, well, he went in on AEW because Nyla Rose won the the women's championship, and of course, she is a trans woman. Yes. And he was like, "Why are they giving? They're not giving them the opportunities." And I'm just like, "The outcome is predetermined." What do you mean? It's not, he's like, "It's not fair that a a man should be." And I'm like, "It's it's predetermined. It's like, a scripted TV series." Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what, what do you mean opportunity? This isn't like they ran a race against each other. <laughs> Please, please. Uh, you know, that's enough. For, maybe that is a little wrestling. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. We're not going to answer France's other question. Justin Strawn, my school district call for President's Day. This caught him unprepared, but you know what? He sacked up and got the job done at Atta 10 boy, 27, Justin. too. A very reasonable. PM or AM. Either way is reasonable, but. Yeah. JT, this is a good question. JT again was National Freshman of the Year, but once Kumar Rocker threw that no hitter, all the attention went to him. Is Ginn going to pitch with a chip on his shoulder to prove he's every bit as good as Kumar Rocker? That's a good question. I think JT Ginn pitches with a chip on his shoulder every time JT Ginn pitches. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kid's got got he's got a little bit of that swag to him when he when he hits the mound. <laughs> like you, you see it with his little shoulder shimmies and things like that. I mean, that that kid's got attitude in a good way. So, uh, yeah, I think he would. We'll take it with him. I don't necessarily think he's going to the rubber thinking, "Oh, Kumar, you know, sh- showed me up a little bit towards the end of the year or mm-hmm. anything." I, I just think that JT Ginn is an ultra competitor. So I think he's going out there with that chip. How much, how much will we be able to take away from spring practice for MSU? Since the guy we all know is going to be the starting quarterback and won't be there. I think we can at least start to see the design of the offense, get an idea of who those, the, the, the top receivers are going to be, get an idea of how the team is going to look with Kylan Hill, you know, what, he, what his role is going to be. And then defensively, I think you'll get to see a little bit of what they're going to look like there. But you're right about the main thing. Yeah. Could Schrader go out there? Is there anything he could do this spring that would make you come out of spring and say, uh, he's got a puncher's yes. chance here? Yeah, I think so. Because if you're a football coach, you can't slam the door on anybody. I agree. So if he goes out there and he's completing you know, in the scrimmages 75% of his passes and he looks confident and he gives you that running threat that Costello doesn't give you, there's an avenue there yeah. for him. And I say Schrader, I guess, you know. True of, true of all of them, yeah. Yeah, it's true for so, everybody. Last one here from Justin. My wife loves country music of all kinds, and this includes bro country. As a result, she and I go to a concert every or two every year that I couldn't care less about. What's something each of you do simply because your wives enjoy them? I mean, I listen to her. <laughs> she talks, and it's like, oh, yeah. Sounds interesting. No. Do you, do you have one? I mean, I'm so... I'm a pretty laid back dude. Yeah. Like if if Katie comes to me and she's like, "Hey, let's go do this," I'm gonna be like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> There's very little that I put up a fuss about. So I went basically, to- mine the entirety of my life is uh, you know, you're a pushover, sense. Coleman. Well, well, the only thing I care about is like, I, like I don't have anything that I just I've got to do this. When it comes to like sports viewing, I get paid to watch every Mississippi State game, so it's not like I'm ever missing any of that. Um, I, I don't really watch a ton of like TV where I got to watch this show right. or anything. Um, the Braves are like my only thing that I just constantly pay attention to. So if Katie's like, "Hey, I want to go do this or go here," or, "Hey, let's go here," nine times out of ten, I'm like, "All right, let's go." So, I, I, I something specific doesn't really come to mind because right now our lives are so consumed by toddlers and yeah. babies. But so I have one though for me. 
I've taken two trips to Disney. Disney is completely against everything that I enjoy. I don't like walking around. I don't like the heat. I don't like rides. I don't like standing in line. The food is not great there. Spending money. I, I, spending money doesn't bother me if we're having a good time. We went to New Orleans last year. I had a great time. Um, but, I mean, there's so much at Disney that I – and I'm not into Disney movies. Uh, I don't like what Disney has done to Star Wars, so it's sort of taken that away from – there's just not a lot for me at Disney. But I made two trips there and, you know, went with my kids and my wife because that's what they wanted to do. So that's how I would look at it. That's probably more your kids than your wife in that instance, though, right? You could not be more wrong. Really? Oh, my wife's a huge Disney person. Okay. Yeah. Kids will go wherever you take them. You know, if you tell the kids, hey, we're going to this, they'll go. They're not going to complain. Yeah. It's the wife that was like, let's go to Disney. So, uh, let's see here. My wife made me, I say made me. We went to a Britney Spears concert one time. That was actually pretty, I mean, she put on a good show. I would go see Britney Spears. Yeah, I mean, it was good stuff. If you're a single man, buying a, t- a, t- a ticket to a Britney Spears concert might not be a terrible investment. <laughs> well, I, I was not single. I'm just saying, if you are single, though. <laughs> think about how many, like, especially if you're you know, in my age, my, your age, how old are you? Uh, I am, thir- I'll be 35 in June. So, thir- perfect. That's the that's the, the, the top dog bracket, right? 35 to 44. That's what everybody spends their advertising dollars on. Yeah. If you're a single man, 35 to 44. Go to a Britney Spears concert. You're, there are going to be women there to meet. Like when we went to the concert too. This was when, like Nicki Minaj was in her infancy and she opened. Like she oh was yeah, one of the opening wow. acts. I kind of felt like I needed to go, like go to, to church, church or real something quick after Nicki yeah. Minaj performed. But I believe it. Watch much XFL. Uh, I've watched a little. Okay. I haven't watched. Steven Spielberg wants you know. What do you think about it so far? I, I'm, I'm like in. The, I'm I like a fan. The, I like the kickoff thing. I like that. Um, My I, team is good too. I'm a Houston fan. They're two and zero. I like the extra point stuff. Where I do too. Pick one, two, or three. Yeah. And, and I feel like you know they're doing a decent job with player safety, but at the same time they're not. I don't feel like they've taken away some of the big hits that everybody loves to see. And I've always said, I think I've said this before on the show. I sort of maybe this makes me a terrible person, but I sort of don't have a ton of sympathy. Like it's football, it's a hitting sport. You sort of know what you're signing up for. So I, when people come back years later, oh, I didn't know. What do you mean you didn't know? Now, I grant some like some of the old timers. I get that because they probably didn't know. But this day and age, if you know that you're playing, what you're doing when you put the helmet on, you know what you're doing. So you know, I want to see some big hits, and the and the XFL has delivered that so far. Yeah. I I've enjoyed the product very much, and I I like the fact that, and we're going to talk about a little wrestling here, but it's not wrestling. Yeah, it's actual football. It's actual football. It's not. They're not making a gimmick of. Remember the last time you had Jim Ross doing games? You had the, the, had the cheerleaders. You had the act. skanky cheerleaders. <laughs> I mean, it was rough. I didn't tell you this story, by the way. You'll laugh at this. My wife is not a huge football fan at all. Doesn't really like football. But she knows enough about the game to know that when the Super Bowl happens, there's no football until August. So the weekend after Super Bowl, I'm watching the XFL. And she walked in the living room, looked at the TV, and was like, what is this? <laughs> And I looked at her, and I went full McMahon. I just went, this is the XFL. (laughs) And she, I mean, her face was just like, you've got to be kidding me that there's more football. And and so she just walked out. (laughs) It was hilarious. Uh, Ah. Do you think any of that, this actually may have been a question. And if it is, Mm -hmm. I guess you can say, you can credit it to him, but. You, how much of this, if any, do you think makes its way to the NFL? Because I could see the kickoff. The kickoff thing has an opportunity. I think the the, the conversions 
they might. I don't think they'll ever take away the extra point in terms of allowing you to kick it. But there might be a day where they allow a three point conversion. Um, the double forward pass is an interesting thing. We, we finally saw one this weekend, and it's incredible when it, when they pull it off. So there, there's some. You think the first time with the XFL, the sky cam, they took some stuff from the XFL and brought it to the NFL. So I, the NFL is very much when they talk about being a copycat league. They're not just talking about play calling. They're talking about, you know, if something is successful out there in the world, they'll have a look at it. So I I think that'll happen. Uh, John Jeffrey Nelson wants to know, if you could meet any past president and talk to them, who would it be? Mm. There's a lot of good options there. Mm -hmm. First thing that comes to mind, I don't know that this would be it. Uh, And, I mean, I guess this is one that's actually doable because it's a living president. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to talk to George W. just about the whole... About 9-11? Yeah, I mean, you, you get elected... And you almost immediately, within a year or so, there, there's the there's nine eleven, and your presidency immediately just everything that you wanted to do got changed in that moment. Yeah, because you just you become a wartime president. That's good. That's good. And, that's good and so I, and, and that's something that for me, I mean, I was I guess sixteen years old when the planes hit the twin towers, and and so I mean that's very much a part of my lifetime and it's something that affected us all that are you know old enough to have have seen it and stuff so for me that might be it just because i lived through that and so i I would want more perspective on that now there's i I love history so yeah i could pick up some other stuff from you know things that happened before 1985 whenever i got to enter this great place of earth Mm -hmm. um but but, yeah, I think I'd probably start with, with George W. and just talking about all that. That's a good choice. I'd probably go with Lincoln. Lincoln's the most interesting one to me. I yeah. mean, the country went to war with each other. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that'd Plus, be a... I'm fascinated by vampire hunting. So, <laughs> yeah. You ever read? The movie is terrible, but the book is really, really good. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. It gets, it gets a full recommendation. Did you know? And I shouldn't even talk about this because I'm not as informed as I need to be to talk about it. But, like, John Wilkes Booth or whatever, the guy mm-hmm. that you know, shot Lincoln. Yeah. There was some kind of like Lincoln's, was it Lincoln's like daughter or son-in-law or something was having some kind of relationship or something with somebody that was connected to John Wilkes Booth. Like there's like some relationship angles to, to all that whole nine yards and things. I don't know. I've heard that kind of stuff. But, but I don't anyway, know off the top of my head, yeah. So there's some, yeah, that, history is just fascinating, man. Like, I, yeah, there, there's a podcast, by the way. The reason I was talking about the Lincoln stuff is because I'm fixing to go back and listen to that podcast, but uh, that kind of delves into some of that yeah. stuff. But uh, let's see here. Uh, Kurt wants to know what the realistic top tournament position for women's basketball can be with the Kentucky loss. They could still end up as a three seed, I think. Just depends. I mean, they're ranked tenth right this second. And if they don't lose another game and they have a chance for a good win next week against Arkansas. They'll, they'll win a couple games in the tournament. This is a team that's probably going to only lose five games this year. They could easily be a three seed, I think. Yeah, yeah I think you can bank on being at the hump for rounds one and two. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Forrest Hughes, is seven and, five, two, seven and five too high, too low, or just right for Leach's first year of expectations? That's kind of the over-under, right? Yeah, if I said seven and a half, yeah. I think today... I would. I think today I, w- I would go on the safe side and say seven and five. I think anything above that, there's a little bit of sunshine pumpiness to it. 
Yeah. So yeah, I think I seven and five. Is seven right. and five is just right. Just right. But they could easily. They could, I could see them winning more. Than they could win eight pretty easily. I think it's just. They just need they, they they have to you know find some receivers. Yeah, if you told me today states eight and four, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. But if you told me to pick it, I would say seven and five. Uh, Forrest Hughes with baseball grilling out to be with baseball grilling out soon to be back. What is your burger, burger topping tier list? So yours is going to be way different than mine. Oh so. uh, yeah, yeah, because because you put stuff and I don't. You're just meat cheese. There are, there are three acceptable burger toppings for me: cheese, another meat be it bacon, pork belly, brisket, whatever you want to put on top of it, as long as it's another meat. And then a sauce. And I will not accept mayonnaise, mustard, or ketchup as answers there. Barbecue sauce. A1. A1 is fantastic on a burger. Buffalo sauce I can live with. That's about it. I'm okay with uh, a little ketchup and mustard. That's no. fine. No. I, don't, I don't like mayo, though. So that none of that mess. Yeah. But, well, like lettuce, um, tomato, onion, pickle. Yes. You want all that? Yes. Yes. Anything? Any unusual vegetables you want to put on there? No. Some beef I mean, chips. I mean, I do enjoy some. I mean, like you said, bacon's good, cheese is good, of course. But I'd like sometimes some of those like fried onion straws or yeah, whatever. Okay. That's that's a good a choice. Fried. I'll tell you what. There is one vegetable I'll accept: a jalapeno pepper. I'll take some jalapeno peppers on my on my. Bread. Yeah, that's, I'm good with that. Yeah. All right. Well, that wasn't as contentious as I thought it would be. Uh, see. Uh, Did does the stagger in still make the uh, the deep fried oh, yeah, cheeseburger? Yeah. Absolutely. Thing? I've never had that. You I've, should go I've, have I've, that. I've heard people discuss it. Before, we have got but. some some eating to do over the next few weeks. We need to go check that out. We need the new to two uh, brothers. We need to go hit two brothers now that they've opened up the new uh, area, and we need to. Uh, we, we were, I don't know if I, we've talked about this on the show or not, but I have never been to Pap's place in my life, and so we've been talking about trying to get down there as well. So we got some things to do. Yeah, I know some folks. I can get us in. That's right. Uh, Marcus Kelly wants to know how I got to Sports Talk Mississippi from Papa John's. Uh, well, uh, as you may or may not be aware, I am one of the founding members of the Six Pack Message Six Packs Peak Message Board, um, and I did some writing for uh, Michael Wardlaw back in the day. I'm one, I may be the only person on earth that got all the money he owed me. <laughs> Nobody else has got that. Um, and then when Bulldog Sports Radio started up, they reached out to uh, to me about doing some stuff with them, and it just sort of went from there. And I took a, a gamble on myself when I left Papa John's to, to take the job with Bulldog Sports Radio, and it has, it seems to have worked out okay. Well, to backtrack a little bit, you got involved with BSR, didn't you, because Bob asked you, right? No, no, no. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, the godfather of Bulldog Sports Radio, one and only Wes Williamson, okay. was the one who reached out to me. And I, w- I was with Bulldog Sports Radio before Bob was. Oh, okay. So. I just knew. Like, they, they wanted me to have my own show. And I said, okay, perfect. I know exactly the guy to get to be my co-host. Because, Bob, you had co-hosted something with Bob, right? There for a little while. When when you like the Bob's number two there for a little bit before? He and I had done Michael Wardlaw's show, The Sports Infusion. Yeah. Yeah, because Wardlaw never showed up for it. So he and I would do the show together. And that's where we, and he, he was sort of running that show, yeah. and I was the, the number two guy. And then that, that, that switched... Yeah. On the way out there, yeah. So, Ryan Nelson wants to know, do we think Nick Saban will hire Hugh Freeze? That rumor is going around that Steve Sarkeesian could be in the mix for the Colorado job and that Freeze would be – Freeze was his first choice a couple years ago. Yeah. Brett Bielema is also in that mix for the yeah. Colorado job, apparently. Those are good choices. At this late, at this late in the game, that's a pretty good one, too, if you can get it. 
Um, but that said, I think, yes, he would definitely try to hire Freeze if he could. If the SEC will let him. Simple as that. I think the SEC would let Saban do about whatever he wanted to. Well, you say that. They do. They wouldn't let him do this a couple years ago. Would Freeze do that? Go be a... Yes, because that's an easier path back than being at Liberty. That's at true. Liberty, you're just one four and eight year away from people saying, okay, never mind. You're going to constantly have talent at Alabama. He'd be a good play caller for them. He's a really good play caller. Yeah. Um, and then he also wants to know, how much better would Isaiah Zuber have been under Mike Leach compared to Moorhead? I think, it would I think every, night and day. every receiver would be better yeah. under Mike Leach night because, I mean, you're going to get 50 passes thrown towards you again yeah. as a receiving core. Haven Cox, in your opinion, harder to make the Elite Eight or the College World Series? I want to say Elite Eight, but maybe I'm just slanted here a little bit because I'm, you know, I cover Mississippi State, been around Mississippi State my whole life. This, and you get to Omaha, it seems, with regularity, and there's been what, one Elite Eight and school It's history? subjective. It depends on who the team we're talking about is. Because if for Mississippi State, it's harder to get to the Elite Eight. For Kentucky, it's harder to get to the College World Series. It depends on what you're doing and what you're good at. So. You know, I think overall it's probably easier to get to the elite elite eight because it's easier to recruit two elite basketball players who just carry your team than it is to get a whole baseball team put together. Uh, but that said, it just depends, you know. And there's some schools it's it's equally, relatively easy. You if know? you and I created Thunder and Lightning University and we got slotted into the SEC today, mm-hmm. we would be we, which, which would be the easiest to do. Uh, probably uh, basketball because we would cheat like madmen. <laughs> you have no idea. You have never seen dirty. Will Wade would have nothing on Thunder and Lightning University. We make some strong ass offers. Let me tell you. <laughs> Who's the bag man here? Huh? Oh, we find somebody. Don't worry. I, I got a couple of guys that I know that would be happy to take care of us. Hold on a second. We're doing. Go. Just, just for the record, I'm watching Chelsea and Manchester United, and that is two shots that should be in the back of the net and aren't. God, it's going to be a long day. All right, uh, Peyton Stewart. With all that's going on in the Astros investigation, would you be okay with the Braves or Do- Dodgers? Peyton Stewart, I'll fight you in public. Dodgers. Do you mean Giants? Is that what you meant? <sighs> now I'm all thrown off. Getting caught in the same kind of cheating if it meant a World Series. Being a Braves fan myself, I can't decide the answer. Well, being a Giants fan, I saw my team win three World Series without doing it, so I guess I would say no. <laughs> I'm an honorable man. No. Yeah. I saw my team win one without doing it, but that was 25 years ago. At so. the end of the day, it's like it's sort of a it's a tough question to answer because I want to win, but I don't know if you want to win like that. So I, I would I don't think there's anything that could end my Braves fandom, but something like that would make me really jaded towards it there for a little while at least. I, I'm like with the Saints thing. I'm wearing a Saints T-shirt today, but this this thing that they're doing. It, it the only way I would stop being a fan is if something happens off the field that's a ridiculous scandal. Yeah, of course the Braves. You know they kind of it wasn't anything cheating wise as far as like on field stuff. Um, they had the little international scandal deal that got John Coppolella banned from baseball and yeah. things. But the biggest part of that scandal was John Coppolella lied to baseball about it. Yeah. That was kind of like the biggest part. Sort of the same deal. thing with Bruce Pearl, and, right? Uh, like, why did he get in trouble? Because he lied. Yeah. It's about lying. It was more so the lying, I think, than, yeah. than anything else. But, yeah, if there was actually, like, on-field stuff affecting the outcomes of games and World Series, I mean, yeah, there may be a banner hanging in, in your stadium, but it's a banner that makes you kind of shake your head every time you look at it because it's ill-gotten. Yeah. 
and, and and look, I know that Astros fan probably well shoot Carlos Correa the other day for the Astros come out saying we we earned that World Series, and he outlined why he thought that was the case. Nobody, nobody, outside of maybe people that are diehard Astros fans or people that on that team believe they earned that. Thing. That's a correct, and they never will. You're right. That's our final question for the day. So good stuff today, guys. We appreciate the questions tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday, we will talk. We will preview Mississippi State's game against South Carolina. Big game for the Bulldogs. They have to keep winning. Uh, we, we might may, have a baseball. We might have a baseball game to recap. Depends on what the weather wants to do for us, and then we'll uh, we'll figure it out from there, guys. And we have a positional breakdown to do as well. We will talk about Mississippi State's running backs, Kylan Hill, and the gang. What are they going to have for us? Talk to you guys tomorrow for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.